Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, Managing Director of MCG Quantity Surveyors and Tax Depreciation Nerd. Enough about me, though. I've got a special guest today, Sanjeev Saar, Director of Investor's Dream, Property Buyer's Agent. Now, Sanjeev has an interesting story growing up in India, moving to Australia with a computer science background and investing in property both in India and in Australia. But he's managed to create a fantastic passive income for himself in as little as five years with a couple of key subdivision renovations, renting per room deals. And we dive into all of the numbers and the specifics of those deals and how he's been able to find them. It's a really illuminating interview from Sanjeev and I think you'll get a tremendous amount out of listening to his approach to finding the deals and doing the numbers. Here's Sanjeev. Sanjeev Saar, thank you for joining me on Geared for Growth. Thank you, Mike, for having me. It's a pleasure. And uh, you might not thank me at the end because I'm going to poke and prod and get all of the secrets out of you before we're done. Sanjeev, um, start us off with letting us know who you are and what you specialize in. So um, I'm a property buyer agent uh, based in Sydney. And uh, myself is a full-time property investor, and I do specialize in buying positive, uh, buying positive cash flow properties with great uh, capital growth potential. I also help investors uh, buying properties with value-add potential, in terms of uh, something which they can renovate, put a granny flat, or subdivide the property and build another house. Beautiful. And you've done a number of different projects uh, like that, which we're going to dive into today as well. Before we do, though, what posters were on the bedroom wall growing up? <laughs> um, no, I think uh, nothing much. No, no posters in my room about properties. Uh, so it was... What would- what what was your sort of childhood uh, hero or equivalent or what were you really into? Uh, not much. Uh, I was uh, born in India uh, in a small town called Ranchi. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it was more playing on the streets <laughs> with my neighborhood friends, uh, playing cricket, maybe, you know, uh, those uh, games. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I used to go to a good school. Uh, my parents were not very educated, but I think they, they had uh, put all the effort to make sure that I'm getting the best education. So, yeah, it was more education side of thing. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Now, how did you get started in property and what was your first investment? I think uh, property world always uh, fascinated me in one or the other form. As when I was in India uh, during my college time, uh, renting a place, I always used to say, oh, the owner of the property must, must, be, must be the very rich person because they're getting so much rent out of us. And, yeah. um, and the same thing when I was working, I started working also in uh, big cities of India. Then I realized, oh, my God, it's so good. Like, you know, uh, we are paying rent and maybe the the, it's it's a good 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 thing and so that way I was always used to see the properties and always ask those questions oh my god it's so good and uh, my first was uh, back in 2009 where I bought my property in India itself which was a three bedroom with uh, two bath and three balcony uh, big one uh, and and that's where uh, I started yeah did you make money out of that investment has that turned out to be a good investment so, um, so I came to Australia in 2007 um, and uh, this property we bought in 2009. So what happened is the, my whole goal was to, to buy a property in India so that um, if I go back, because I was just establishing here in Australia, that if I go back home, I have a place to live or if I rent it out, then I'm getting an income out of it, right? So it was more as a safety net for me and my family. So that property right now, um, my parents are living and it's just as a family home where when me and my wife, uh, my daughter goes back to India, we live there. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think my parents have a, a house uh, in India, but they, they live in this apartment because it's, it's a good location. So it was uh, more for a family reason. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. And what what would the equivalent in Australian dollars be? I mean, I'd be lying if I said I knew much about even the currency conversion, but um, the Indian property market. So um, that property, I think, uh, pretty much we bought in cash. We, um, we never had a loan. Uh, I think we took a very small loan. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you the reason just to confirm because it was in a block, uh, uh, right? In the, in the apartment. So just to make sure that the builder, what they're doing is correct because bank invests a lot in the paper check, right? Uh, so, so just for that sake, but I think we bought for around uh, $50,000 Australian. And right. now I think it's around 100K uh, worth of value. So it's... Yeah, uh, wow. So that's yeah. not a bad investment <laughs> so, at all. Yeah, in 10 years time. So it's double up, I think, uh, so, Sanjeev, let, let's talk about your life uh, in India, um, obviously doing a bit of background uh, LinkedIn stalking. I can see you went to university in a place I can't pronounce. Um, you mentioned your your hometown. Did you say Rajiv? Ranchi, yeah. Ranchi, Ranchi. Yeah. What, what was it like growing up? So it's it's um, it's a small town uh, right now. It's the capital of a, st- a state called Jharkhand. Uh, if you follow cricket, Mahendra Singh Dhoni, uh, comes from Ranchi, and that's where uh-huh. famous for, and uh, and then definitely is a capital city as well right now. So uh, life was good for me uh, back home. Uh, my father had a small business; uh, he had a shop, and um, um, we used to work hard, um, and um, it was good. Like uh, it was nothing fancy like these days. Like we never had a car or like a lot of toys or a lot of new clothes. Uh, but I think um, I think in back in time it, it was more like that, right? I think these days we we, have, we all like to uh, fancy things, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, and um, but yeah, I think uh, um, my parents were not uh, very educated, and uh, they were running a business. Uh, they were time poor, and um, that's where their focus was. That uh, my kids, so we are like four brothers, sisters means two brothers and two sisters. And their focus was that, that we should get good education so that you now we can get in a good job and you know, live a good life. So, yeah. so that was the the mindset. Um, yeah. I would. And and what did you want to do when you were growing up? Did you feel that sort of pressure from the parents, or perhaps pressure is the wrong word, but that encouragement to to perhaps do better than they did in life? Yeah, that was there, uh, but I think. Uh, Frankly, I had no goals or anything. It was more that, okay, just study well, and then uh, the life was going. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, um, but on the way, I used to sometimes to think, oh, maybe I'll do business uh, because um, money is good because I can see the cash flow every day when I was yeah. used to go on the shop, sit on the shop, in my shop. So, and, um, but then I used to say, oh, my, my dad, doesn't have any time like he will never take a day off right it's like pretty much 365 days working so and so that was the bad part and then like i used to see the job people right like uh, they were my our clients they used to come and see oh they're working five six days they have got off they get over like two weeks holidays uh in the festival season and all so i used to think oh maybe the job is the best part because uh, no, at least I'll get to have good time with my family and and so forth, and that's where I'm getting the education for. So, so yeah, that was the. And so, without having any sort of real plan, you went and you studied computer science at university, and I guess fell into the obvious career with that degree as a software engineer. How, how are things sort of going as a software engineer in terms of you know finances and how happy you were with your occupation? Yeah. So what happened when I think I was in class 10th, one of my cousin brother, he got into uh, engineering. So he got a job and then he went to US uh, for his um, first job. And and that's where, and and I think back in that time, I think it was 97, 1997, where uh, I think IT was very hot. And um, and then that's where I thought, okay, I started getting a feel also what kind of job I want to do and where the opportunity is. And that's where focus was on IT. And, and then I did my 12th and joined uh, and finally got into engineering and, and choose uh, the computer science as a subject um, because the market was going, it was looking something good. 
and yep. uh, that's where I started. And uh, and soon after uh, completing my engineering, uh, I got a job back in India in one of the big companies. And uh, uh, I think I only worked for two and a half years in India. And this same company sent me to Melbourne uh, for a six month assignment uh, on a work visa. And um, that's where I came to Australia back in 2007. Um, I was um, I was feeling so proud. I was on the moon. Uh, I was single, uh, earning in dollars, and uh, and that helped me uh, to, um, fulfill a lot of my uh, childhood dreams of like buying a car, all, all those small things, right? Uh, and yes. then I started saving money because when you convert, it is like one one is to fifty. Uh, which is a lot of money. So, yeah. so, and I was, um, I'd always had like, uh, if I could help my family and uh, people near me, and uh, which um, with Austin and all it started helping me do those things. So, yeah. So Fantastic. Was, uh, and so, after that placement, did you go back to India to work at the same company? And at what point did you move to Australia permanently? So, then what happened is that six month assignment pretty much uh, become a two years time. And and then I was offered a local job after two and a half years uh, in, and, and that's where back in 2009, I moved to Sydney. And uh, same year, I got married as well. And, and that's where me and my wife settled in, uh, started our new life in Sydney. And, there you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> and how much property investing were you doing at the same time? So until 2009, I think nothing much. I think uh, we bought our first uh, the 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 house in uh, in 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 like India, which is three bedroom. But then what happened? We were renting in um, in in Sydney area in the Western Sydney. Me and my wife, even my wife, got the job after some time. She stopped settling, and then what happened is. I was used to look the Sydney market and I was a renting apartment and used to see the numbers. Um, somehow I was good at numbers and I will say like this doesn't make sense because if I buy this property, I have to pay more mortgage than what I'm rent paying the rent for. And uh, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and that's what happened is like I was not looking in the Australian market. So and then until 13, we bought another property. 2012-13, we bought another property in India, which is a commercial. So again, we bought pretty much in cash. Uh, we had like a bit of shortfall, but then uh, I think I used one of my friend money. Uh, I took, I paid him interest, and and that's where um, I bought that property, which is giving me a good cash flow. Uh, and that was our journey until 13, actually. Uh, right. So 12, 12, I would say. And um, after that, only I think we started thinking about uh, uh, buying a house for ourselves in Australia because by the time we are settled, uh, we're doing good in our jobs. And we thought, I think it's now time to uh, buy something for ourselves. And um, that's where I think uh, we bought our first property in 2014 yeah. uh, in, in Western Sydney. And um, that, that same year, actually, um, we booked another apartment as an investment. So uh, we bought our first house in 14 and we moved in 2015 because uh, it was a house, it has to be constructed. But same year in 2014, towards the end, we booked an apartment using a credit card balance transfer. So right. we said, uh, uh, and this was like without any um, education, right? But the good thing happened is that time market was moving in Sydney. And uh, we saw that what we bought for our house, which is in very good location near to railway station, Westfield Mall, uh, decent land size. So, and price was going up for the unit also, the price was mm -hmm. going up because what happened is, uh, fortunately, we bought the apartment in the first release of a very big development. So, right. it was they were selling under market. I mean, you know, the first release is always cheaper, right? Yes. Because they're testing the... So we bought it. And after six months, what happened is uh, in 2015, they did an official release. And we bought a unit, one bedroom for 350 And mm -hmm. the same after six months, they were selling for 420 k <laughs> So wow. $70,000. I said, wow. Uh, 
I think this is something I need to get into, and and that that like blew my mind. And of course, from last couple of years, I was looking for uh, building, a, you know, getting into uh, another stream of income other than job. And that's where I thought, okay, I think uh, property is something which was already doing it right, uh, but yes. not knowing it well. And and that's where I, I started. I said, I think I need to learn more about it so that I can do much better. And that's where. Back in 2015, I started investing in my self-education on the on the property side. Yeah, and there was quite a bit of luck in that unit. Um, I guess now being educated in 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 property and, and a specialist, you can kind of see that was that was a pretty fortunate uh, circumstances. It's it's not your I guess approach at the moment is to cherry pick you know early release units or developer pre-sales as a as a growth strategy i presume true no i think uh, uh, definitely i think uh, there are better opportunities and uh, apartment is uh, investing in apartment is very risky and again like we are looking about um, capital growth right uh, yep. there is no land component so uh, my strategies and, and i think it's it's for all the sophisticated investor have a piece of land right and mm. uh, so where the capital growth comes. You talked about sort of diversifying your income. So the job was was one thing and you wanted another source of income. And I've also heard you talk about your goal through investing was basically to quit your job or, or perhaps be able to quit your job even. Was there always a cash flow goal that you were working towards with your portfolio? Yeah, what happened is um, in 2010, <clears throat> Um, I went to a seminar and, and, and this was my first, and this is not property seminar, something else. And they were talking about passive income. And, and this is the first time I heard in 2010 about, and I really mean what it means. And I was mm-hmm. amazed by the, by the concept, like that your money works hard and you know, like it's, you, you work or you don't work irrespective of the money is coming. And, and that make, made me like really think hard, like what can I do? Because working for money is not the, not the best strategy because you know, uh, how long, how much you can work, right? There's a limit. So yes. that's where I said, wow, that's, that's really amazing, right? Why not if, if the other people are doing it? And that's where it inspired me like, okay, what are the other people doing in that terms? And so in between, actually, uh, while I was buying in India and uh, I was trying, like, because I was a good software engineer, so I started doing some um, product development also, which I can sell, but nothing worked out well. And uh, and when I, I st- back in 2015, when I started learning about property, so until those five years, I was always thinking about, like, passive income, but I was not taking action, actually. Uh, or maybe I was not finding the path, uh, but it was just in my mind and, and I was just looking for the answers. And, and that's where when I started learning, uh, I saw, wow, this is another way which I and, and I was ready actually because I can see a lot of investors were making good money through property investing and, and it, it, it is, has got the passive income capabilities, right? Because it's yes. just you set and forget. And, and that's where uh, I got a lot of... Um, um, uh, energy to take actions and uh, like you no know, really invest a lot in myself uh, and that's where I learned about all these uh, strategies like um, renovation uh, subdivision putting a granny flat high cash flow because and, and and in 2015 that's where I set a set a goal for myself like uh, in next five years I, I should be in a position to get out of my job and I set a goal of having a hundred k passive income that time, right? And, and yeah, so, sorry, I'll let you finish. No, that's all, Mike. Yeah, yeah, you go. <laughs> so you um, you certainly did take action. You got pretty stuck in in what I, I guess essentially is only a five year period. I mean, you've completed joint ventures, land subdivision deals, new builds, renovations, granny flats, as you mentioned. Um, why these types of investment investments rather than a traditional, say, buy and hold capital growth strategy? Yeah. I think what happened is uh, 
couple of things was going in my mind like one to build a passive income one is and and i had two big fears actually what happened is um back in 2013 14 my parents came to australia uh, and and that's where we took their permission that should we settle here should we raise our kids here and they said no nah, it's such a good country they're so happy for us they said you should live in this country it's it has got so much opportunity out there so neat and clean everything right in all the good angle uh, but one thing they said like keep coming to visit us because we will not be able to live here and um, so that that made me in pain like uh, because in the job I was growing and at the same time I was going doing good having good income but i was i can see that i was getting time poor so i started realizing that if if this is the the way i'm going if my parents need me my like say 3 months of time when i'm going to give them and how i'm going to do that because the more i'm growing the more uh, time poor and all uh, the commitments are increasing and that's where plus the passive income thing was in my mind so i said okay um and and what happened is so this was going back in mind and then back in 2015 when we started learning that time even we had our daughter uh was born and after a year i had to drop to child care and and literally she will cry sometime because she's not well or something but mm. still i'll drop her to the child care and used to go to work and i will cry myself because oh my god what i'm doing because i can't yeah. even give enough time to my daughter uh, or play with her and and those things really um, made me in pain actually that no this is something i mean my even wife said like you know what everyone drops the their daughter to the child care kids are like that they cry right but the the me feeling bad was that even she is not well i think i, I had to drop sometime because it's just yeah. trying to juggle and and that made me in really bad pain i said no this is something not acceptable to me at the same time i was looking in the property side because that's where i started learning right so i could see other people are doing it so what is stopping me and i can see and that's where i saw a lot of cases studies of people which really inspired me people are doing in 3 years 2 years 5 years 7 years so and that's where i made a, a goal like okay i'm going to buy positive cash flow so my priority was to free up my time and uh, and now become a full time investor and and that way i've got a decent income which which is covering my basic expenses and then i have got the biggest asset of the world which is my time and then i can yes. become a full time investor and just maybe do a sing one or two deal in a year and then spend a lot of time with your family and you no know, just enjoy life so that was my mindset and that's where i started buying this positive cash flow property um and most importantly the manufactured one because if you buy one property is positive but then how do you buy one next one because yes just buying one property is not going to give you enough cash flow right yeah and you got uh, and you wanted to get stuck in and and do it quickly i suppose so you you definitely as simon sinek would say you've definitely found your why and that was that you you had better ideas to spend your time on and that was your daughter and your parents and your family rather than going and doing your job so once you got um once you got going can you talk us through some of the original deals that you did and what the numbers were like yeah The Give for Growth Property Investing podcast is presented by our business MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property education as well. so um definitely my um the the uh, um the apartment one bedroom which i bought on a credit card was my first uh, uneducated investment but after the education my first deal was um uh, that time actually we had our daughter so my wife as was home we literally had no serviceability that time and uh, we had is around 20000 cash cash with us 20000 and and that's where i said you know what what can i do right now because rather than waiting for next 9 10 months when my wife will go to work 
and and that's where I uh, started researching and and found a land for just for eighty five thousand dollars, which I can subdivide, and and then we can build um, two houses on each lot on the subdivided, and it's a lower number. It's not much risk, and and then I found a joint venture partner also at my workplace. Um, right. Okay. So I was talking, you know, like when when you learn and you, you know, get excited, people can see that excitement, right? <laughs> and and yes. and that excitement, um, other people and all my uh, other friends started seeing me once uh, they saw about talking me talking about property. So that way I got my joint venture, and this one uh, was another where this has the the the. The, this this was a twelve hundred square meter of land, and the minimum lot size is six hundred. So, but the good thing is th- these two lots already had the services. So we only had to do just some some paper flicks, and um, and and that's where after paying the stamp duty, having a holding cost for nine ten months, it cost us only fifty thousand dollars for each lot. So subdivision was really? very cheap because services were there. It was just the paperwork with working with the land surveyor. And then what happened is uh, the one piece of the land I given back to the joint venture partner, which he sold for $75,000. So not bad for him in a one yeah. year time. And for me, I kept that lot, 600 And what I did is I built a house with granny, which uh, costed me 410K because there was a little bit of slope, so retaining wall, and it's a big house with a good quality builder. And... Um, and so it's like uh, four ten for the construction, fifty thousand for the land, and four sixty. And right now I'm getting a rent of six fifteen on that one. So it's wow. a house with granny. Um, earlier it was around I think ten eleven thousand positive cash flow. Right now I think it's fourteen thousand dollars because, and and this is self shining like I'm paying PNI. Um, the 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 principal is reducing, and still it's good cash flow plus um there's it's a brand new so it's been last two years so we're getting good depreciation on that which is yes now you're talking my language <laughs> exactly. um, so so the 650 per week on a on what cost you 460 to get in um a big chunk of that would be due to f- the fact that it's it's multiple dwellings like you right you've got the house and the granny flat um basically combined together for the income true true True. So it's because of a couple of things. What happened is um, that's uh, f- like uh, f- far on the region, I mean, from the, on the western side of Sydney. Uh, so first thing is we got the land cheaper because we identified that opportunity. So say you made around maybe 25000 there. And, and then most of the investors, I think building a house with granny in that area, I was the first one. Right. So everyone will just build a standard four bedroom house and uh, and it will be like a neutral property or little positive but yeah. but I was knowing that affordability is a big problem if I can put something extra then I can provide a little cheaper and and no I'll I'll be in much better way uh, more profitable so that that was the thing. So so yeah, you, because of the I think I think granny is your full profit, right? So but yes. so the the granny is around two fifty dollars per week on that in that area. That's what I'm getting, and plus we have opportunity to increase another fifteen twenty dollars there, which we haven't done from long time. So yep. it is uh, so good, like uh, to do that kind of thing. And how did you find that deal originally? I mean, it sounds unusual that it's it's only an eighty five k block of land that already has services. Um, it's pretty easy to to subdivide. I, I presume not too expensive. I wonder why the developer wasn't doing that. True, um, that that was the thing. So what happened is uh, before I bought this, this was my first one, right? I would have seen around more than hundred properties in that area. So. Yeah. Uh, initially, I'll pay like a town planner, private town planner, uh, land surveyor to get their uh, um, consulting, consultation because I was learning what is happening, right? Uh, calling the council because council will never give you a straight answer, right? Unless you ask the right yeah. question. Uh, it's a little tricky. So I was learning. So I would have seen 100 properties. But when I saw this property, uh, I didn't have to involve a private town planner, anyone. 
I just bought it. And the reason was, it was, so I think seven, eight years ago, I think it was already on the two lots. And when the, the developer bought it, I don't know. I mean, it was the newest, it was the biggest state. But I think maybe because it has a slope or they had certain thing like you need to have certain lot size or something. I don't know. And I was always scratching my head when I was looking at the contract because contract is your Bible, right? You know yes. what restriction or what could be done. And and luckily they had the old, old um, uh, what you call that uh, title map, right? The all mm-hmm. the the old lot, uh, the the land subdivision uh, diagram, right? So, and I can see that the services are there. It has got already two lots, and I used to scratch my head, head like you said, right? And uh, yeah. but but what what I learned one thing, you know, while I was uh, with my uh, when I was learning that deals are there. So when we look at the deal, we should not think about like why they're selling if it is such a good deal why what is happening we need to do our own due diligence and if it works and if it the numbers are okay just do it yep. don't <laughs> and, worry about and, it and don't worry about it and and that's what happened and what happened is uh, and because it was my first thing right so i was like oh no and i used dig before dial check everything and it's all there right and i was like inside i was so happy i said something is wrong right but then i said no nah, i think it's a small one and another thing was there in my mindset that start small, learn the skill. And if I even do mistake, right, then it's not going to be very expensive for me. But at least I have learned that process, right? And yeah. and definitely I didn't have a lot of money. So so I did that one uh, called three land surveyors. And they said, oh, like 10, 15,000 quote uh, for getting that. But one local surveyor, he said, Sanjeev, and I'm, he was he was happy to chat with me. And he said, and I told him, like, can you have a look at the contract and the old land subdivision? I think it has already subdivided in the past. I said, Sanjeev, you're right. I think all we need to do is uh, call the council. I need to check something. And then I need to contact the land office, uh, the title office, and see if they can reinitiate the reinitiate the, the old title. Right. And if they can do it, Sanjeev, guess what? We're going to get it very cheaper. Even I don't yes. have to do the land uh, survey. Um, and I said, wow, that's good. Please do that, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he contacted the council. They said, ah, no, it's all good from our side. He contacted the, the land title office. Within a week time, we got the re- response. And they say, don't worry. We'll, we'll do that uh, reinstation of the old title, which was a new thing, which I never learned about, right? So Wow. Uh, and and happy result and you'll not believe we spent only two thousand dollars i paid to the land server for all this paper flick and all and for here it was time and and then with the land title office when we had two titles because we subdivided right and plus yeah so that was maybe another thousand or fifteen hundred dollars and and so yeah the deals are there but really i mean and, that, and and I have so many other opportunities like this, which I did it, but it's like really looking, looking hardly and, and going for it. And never, my intention was never that I want to make a lot of money. It's always that I should not lose money and I should yes. learn the process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you obviously learned quite a lot from that and it just goes to show how important it is it, it has it is to have a team of experts that you can lean on and and leverage but i mean that 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 deal was was pretty impressive and and perhaps you know you you obviously you've you're a clever guy you've got the computer engineering background you looked at 100 <laughs> properties you had boundless energy and enthusiasm can we talk about another sort of similarly successful deal that wasn't quite as niche? Was there anything that you've done that you kind of think, look, um, this is a little bit more of a straightforward deal? Um, so after that one, um, what happened is I uh, bought um, uh, another property where, so after this one, you know what, uh, this was an icebreaker for me. I said, wow, joint venture works. So money is no more a problem and and these deals works right and and I can make money on demand so which was a total change of my you know, thinking about my money right 
and and then next time i said you know what um, i'll buy a property i will renovate it and um, I'll, I'll subdivide it as well because on the way when i got this confidence and i said okay now i'll learn more more um, well, I'm not looking at the deals, uh, waiting for my next purchase. I'm investing in my learning as well. So, yep. so what happened is next deal, I bought a property which uh, I bought for just 299k, 300, and I spent fifty thousand dollars on renovation, and um, and which has the potential to subdivide and build another house, and that's what I did. Now uh, again. The renovation, this property was around 150 kilometers away from my home, uh, which was a little far for a renovation. But I said, that's what, it's in the center of the town, or one of the good, strong regional towns, good population, solid infrastructure. And uh, and that's where I bought it. And um, I did a set up a room by room rent as well. Uh, so So that was a good strategy. Right now, I'm running that one as a standard family, which is giving me around 450 per week rent. So, yep. which is, I think, 10,000 positive cash flow and uh, subdivide it and build another house on the back, which is a three bedroom. So, to what, yeah. So, the original block of land with the, the house, I'm guessing it was a bit of a, a sort of a rundown house. What was, what did you say the purchase price was for that? 299K. 299 Okay, and you spent fifty k on the Renault, and so we're we're talking three fifty um, in in outlay and four fifty per week before we start talking about the the subdivision. How how, how much did the did it cost you to subdivide the the land into the two blocks? So the subdivision cost me around uh, twenty five thousand um, dollars, just with the the council fees. I think not 30,000, sorry, because I think 10,000 we end up paying to the, my draft person who was managing everything for me and the council fees are around $20,000, yeah. Yeah, and the draftsman was presumably just looking at the plans for the, the new dwelling. So um, you could you could potentially have, have, have minimized the cost, subdivided and sold that as a vacant block? Uh, no, this one, uh, what the council said is, you can sell the land, but at least you need to put the the slab, which is right. funny, right? <laughs> yeah, just just pour the slab and walk away. Yeah, okay. So it's like no, pretty much they're saying is build a house, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So yeah, I think the plan was to build a house, anyways, because I was yes. trying like to hold the properties as much possible. The front one is a positive cash flow. Yeah. Yep. And including the, the cost of the draftsman, um, what was the total construction cost for that rear dwelling? So we had spent like around 250K overall. Yep. Uh, yeah. For three bedroom, two bed, bath, uh, garage. Yeah. And Did you know what the rental on that one is? Yeah. It's uh, 400, 420 actually. 400. Okay. So we're, we're picking up a theme. Um, finding these little clever deals and exiting them with pretty solid. Uh, positive cash flow. So the first one we talked about, um, there's about it's about fourteen thousand uh, positive cash flow. This particular deal on both of them, I'm guessing we're we're talking upwards of that as well. Yeah. So at this point, I'm I'm assuming that you're kind of thinking, I don't really sort of know how to do this, and you're excited to jump into the next one and chase down that hundred k passive income goal, right? That's right. <laughs> and so, what was the what was the next deal after that? So after that, uh, I bought another property, uh, which which was um, uh, uh, existing house and sitting on three titles on a three lot, uh, and the location of the house is in the corner, and the price was only three twenty three k. Yep. Why and three titles um, on the house? I don't know. I saw it first time. Uh, it it's like uh, it's, it's, it's sitting on a three title. It's like old title, but it doesn't have the services, right? It's just a uh, three title. Um, yeah, okay. And uh, it's the the good thing is it this one is around twelve seventy square meters, and the minimum lot size is four hundred square meter to build a house. Right. Uh, yeah, it's okay. R one zoning residential, and 
the the good thing is the house the existing house which is like a, a standard uh, old house nothing to be done um, and sitting on the corner so so it's like you can build another two houses uh, with minimum lot sizes but there was a trick actually but it it might not be possible because what was happening is there was one street and the property has two lanes on the other other corners so, right okay so so the trick was that the good thing was like I bought for lower number and it is in the center of the town and the rent is I'm getting is 330 so this property is not heavy uh, it is at more of a development for me so yeah so so it's got the upside and and you'll decide when to pull the trigger on that and right now it's not costing you anything exactly so and and we, we got the approval on that one which is to build one into three so it, the the subdivision is approved uh right. from the land perspective uh we haven't put the da as such for the for the development but for the land it is approved and and the 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 best case was that i can do one into three and the worst case could be one into two because given the there was the lanes on the other side and the third house on the back side which we are planning to build will have a lane which council might not allow you right uh, right but luckily in this nearby there are other properties which had the access from the lane uh, and 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 it's a wider lane actually it looks like a street uh, road so so that's where we got the approval and um, so yeah i think now plan is to build three bedroom double bath single garage and uh, that property is going to be good because land is free construction and the rent is again similar stuff we are talking about like 400 plus uh wow. 450 actually because again um it's all about the affordability um brand new making money i mean brand new or like no are buying in a good location so so and and stack up a strategy like where you can do more than just buy and hold yeah and obviously the results are there for you um i've I've dived so hard into these projects because I I thought that was um very interesting to see how you put those deal together deals together and what the numbers are that um I'm I'm way behind on a number of other questions that I wanted to ask you Sanjeev. Um one particular one is that you've transitioned a number number of your investments into a room by room model rather than just say renting out to a family for example. Can you share why you've chosen to to do that? you know what happened is um uh, when i started this property journey i was looking for cash flow right so that i can quit the job and what i saw is uh, i learned about boarding houses right of new south wales or rooming house in victoria and i said wow i think this is my lottery ticket because if i can set up one of these properties uh, i can get like 50 60000 positive cash flow and i'm done but then as i started learning and investigating about it i feel it's it's a little riskier as well um because it might take more time and 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 what if doesn't work right or, or what are the numbers involved in that one so that's where i thought okay and and that's the path uh, eventually i want to go uh, in building those things but then i said what if um i start a small and and not just buy this property and now still learn the process of because you have a, like a property with 12 rooms versus the yeah. four room right so mm. that's where i said okay i'll do it and at the same time i'll learn like okay i can get a better cash flow from by doing that and at the same time there is a enough demand because again affordability is a big problem so people mm. are looking for a good place a room to share i mean a property to share you know where they have a single room a lot of nurses doctor engineers good people all kind of people right they're looking for that kind of accommodation so i said no it's good if i can learn and see how how it feels right and and definitely it's a bit of cash flow so that's where i started doing that uh, which worked out well for me um, but then i realized that it's a bit bit of um, it, it takes a bit of uh, time of an effort to manage those And, yeah, uh, and yeah. Are you managing yourself? Uh, no, so all my uh, these were managed by real estate agents. So yep. uh, I always go and uh, find a team for me, 
and and then let them manage uh, because my properties were like far away here and there so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like in really literally impossible for me to manage and it's never a good good strategy anyways right to manage your property yes. so I, I don't think so no have have you encountered any issues renting out properties like that because I, I mean you even um the first house that you bought your principal place of residence i mean that's even now rented room by room right so that one was renting we rented out for uh, one and a half years and then now we are back to our home actually so right, okay. we we changed that one and uh, we said okay now you know uh, we need more space for ourselves um, yeah. and and I, I don't know and this is i don't have to go to the city for the job right so that's where uh, i'm back to my place and uh, so we did that one it was really good good cash flow uh and because it was near to the station you know it's a beautiful brand new house like we bought in 2015 right a brand new so and very so it was running well can you talk us through your portfolio such as it is right at the moment and and what you're focusing on with it are you are you sort of finished your accumulation and you've got the passive income that you set out to do or you're still active on it No so right now we have got uh, two properties in India which are paid off and and we have got five properties here in 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 New South Wales including our PPR and um, so no I'm still in the accumulation phase uh, we have we have a really big goals and I think it's just the starting point and uh, I think uh, so yeah I think plan is to construct these um, houses which are sitting with the approval and mm. uh, and and accumulate more and definitely keep buying uh, properties across the country uh, and and that's what i'm doing for my clients these days so yeah and focus is on doing joint ventures also with where you know uh, i can leverage my skills and i have all the time now so mm. yeah and and um i guess you've done a lot in 5 years i'm keen to to check back in with you in in five um i wouldn't be surprised if uh, a lot of these big goals are achieved by you you mentioned you're helping clients now so you started a company called investors dream what was the sort of motivation behind that i mean cuz arguably you could have stuck with your i assume well paying um computer science degree um transition slowly out of that with the passive income in the property and just work for yourself why why did you want to start a business helping other people so i think um it just came uh, as a surprise to me in fact what happened is uh, when i started this property journey um then i was already helping a lot of uh, investors all these educated investors because i come from a lot of um, belongs to a lot of property groups and um there were even those sophisticated investors uh, will call me and no seek help how are you doing sanjeev this kind of deal or guide me and plus i was helping my friends as well because they can see sanjeev how you doing well something great so i was always the go to person for them like no uh, what do you think about this property or that and and last year in 2019 in january i think um, i was speaking with ben from biogent institute and uh, that's where he was talking about that how big the gap is in the market where investors or the first home buyers are buying the properties and and they have no representation at all and they're just buying those wrong properties they're juggling between and 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 that's where i said no nah, that's true actually because even i can see the educated investors they have a lot of questions and and i'm helping them already and people who have no education they're far away right so yes so so that's where i saw and i said okay now i think it's it's, it's definitely i can bring a lot of value there and 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 my goal was again aligned to like doing property full time which which so that's where i started this company and said you know i think i can really help people and especially with the kind of strategies so my focus is buying good positive cash flow properties for my clients plus i'm helping also little uh, investors who are really serious about building a portfolio in a short period of time like me so this year itself we did three renovation um we're building right now a granny flat doing a subdivision deal this is for my clients right and what i'm doing is 
as a buyer agent i'm helping them to buy the property but i'm helping them just as a consultant so that they are managing those projects by themselves with my consultation so that way they are learning the skill and and now um, uh, becoming a sophisticated a smarter investor awesome is there something that you think stops investors from being able to to achieve that i guess goal of being able to chuck in the job and live on the the passive income where do you think the investors get stuck i mean we know that the average investor only owns one property what would you what would you point at that's um so what happens is is taking actions obviously a, a big one right that um that that you've shown but do you think it's it's maybe that people buy the wrong property first or they don't understand the importance of the cash flow in concert with the the capital growth i think yeah definitely these are three i think what what i think is see uh, for me is like property is a vehicle to go from point a to point b right and and that's where um Uh, and it's a lot comes from our education system as well i would say because i see these people they really want to do take action um but somehow it's sitting in their mind that um money can't work for them um and and that's where or they think like okay it, it's all good but i think maybe it might not work for them and then they don't understand that it's all possible and that's where you know they they don't believe that it can ha- property can give that kind of income or or freedom for themselves and yeah and that's where once we don't believe guess what it's not going to happen for us right yeah so so and then fear kicks in and and i think um, that's where uh, of course so, so i think that's where it's important like uh, that people should start following a lot of property investors successful people and that's where they can get a start thinking about right having the self education and and doing those right things which can help them yeah well i mean um you're an example of that you've proven that it's it's definitely possible sanjeev if people are wanting to get in touch with you what's the best way to do that and they can find me with my name on facebook uh, linkedin instagram plus they can reach out to me uh, on my website uh, which is www.investorsdream.com.au or they can email me at sanjeev@investorsdream.com.au nice and easy now sanjeev if, if there's one piece of advice that you could give to property investors what would it be i'd say before investing in property invest on yourself uh, only learn and listen to people who are successful in this field and uh, most importantly you don't wait for the right time just start investing in property uh, keep the number lows and uh, only buy positive cash flow properties i love it some uh, some sterling advice there sanjeev and thank you very much for being so open with uh, with your deals and and your journey so far it's been a real pleasure no uh, thank you so much mike for having me Cheers. Cheers.